Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye. Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown. Morning, Chuck. How are you? I'm okay, guys. How are you? Doing well today. Doing well. Matt made me laugh before the show started. That helped out because I was a little bit bummed out. I see Chris Paul's in the portal. I see Jordan Crook went into the transfer portal this morning. And look, I understand. This is, this is, this is going to be this week. And maybe next week, too, you're going to see more departures and, and maybe no incoming players. So that's just what that is right now. It's just they're from the same position. And that linebacking core just got really, really thin. And there's just another, another area of need for Arkansas football in the offseason now. Well, you're right. And um, I don't know what Matt did to make you smile, but a, you know he's a known comedian. <laughs> and uh, you know, people—the wit and wisdom of Matt Jones. Whoa, easy, you know, that's, guys. That's, easy. That's, 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 that's going to be the name of his first book. He, hey, Chuck, but, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to kind of just piggyback with Phil on this Chris Paul thing. Do you think this is because I, I think wherever that kid plays, he's going to go get drafted around the same spot as far as to play on Sundays? Do you think it's just he wants to go somewhere and can try to compete for a championship? You know, I think it's interesting, and, I, and, and, and that's a good question, and I'm going to be interested to see not just with Pooh Paul, but the reasons for a lot of these guys transferring. I agree with you about the, the, the professional projection. I don't know that he's going to improve his stock necessarily going anywhere else. Um, I wonder about NIL valuation. That's what I wonder about, mm-hmm. not just in his situation, but in other players' situations, too. And that, to me, is going to be one of the interesting things to see in all this. Conventional wisdom over the years, when a player's left a program, it's because he's unhappy. He's either not playing enough or he got mad at the coach. Something happened. They're losing. He wants to go somewhere else. Now, when you really look at it, if you're a good player, I mean a good player who thinks he's going to be great, who thinks he's perhaps great now, and maybe others just think you're really good. But there's somebody out there who, who you know, pushes that NIL valuation up through the roof. Um, if you're a good player, is it smart to test the free agent waters, for lack of a better way to put it? We see it all the time in the pros. Um, we see good players come to the end of a contract. They test the free agent waters. I wonder in college sports, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about Pooh Paul, I'm talking about general, uh, just just generally speaking here, are good players going to leave certain schools because they're going to test their free agent waters and they're going to see what their value really is out there in the NIL world? Because let's not kid ourselves. That's what you know. That's what this is about uh, in many many instances. So. I think it's going to be a very interesting portal period, not just here but everywhere else. I do think there are going to be a lot of interchangeable parts 
moving around. I think you'll lose a player and gain a player probably of equal value. I think that's going to happen a lot, trade to trade. Um, I think we'll see that not just in our program. I think we'll see it in every program in the country. I think you'll see one guy leave a certain position. The new guy comes in. You play six games next year. Well, pretty much got the same thing. You know, so I think there are going to be lots of players like that. I'm not sure what his Poo's, Poo's reasoning was, but I do suspect that NIL value uh, is going to have a lot to do with movement around the country. I do think that. It's interesting to view it like that, too, and it sounds like that's the first thing you think of when someone goes into the portal and it makes sense to feel that way about this. You know, in, in, in professional sports, Chuck, you have an indefinite period of time to have your career. We know NFL careers are generally short. Injuries are so much about that. You want to maximize your earning potential while you're there. But you can still play 10, 11, 12 years, however long your body can hold out. College is a defined period of time. You get four years of eligibility, five if you get your red shirt, and so many guys do. So that's also potentially what this can be about. You know, when I hear you talking about it, if it's maximizing your value to make as much money as you can during your college career, because you know you only get those four years to do it. And look, I mean, Chris Paul's valuation might not be any higher than it is right now. Somebody that was preseason SEC and... Man, you just have to change. It, it's um, it's a sea change, like um, you know, uh, just changing the way you view the world uh, in college football. And I mean, it sounds like that's kind of what's happened with your mindset as far as what players are looking for in in. I don't think it's just football. I just think it's the, I think it's college sports overall. How long did that take before you kind of settled on that? Well, I mean, it hasn't taken very long, uh, to be real honest. Um, but I, I don't I don't know that every player's situation is going to be the same. Um, you know, when I look, and, and look, it's very much from the outside looking in. I, I've had no conversation, I'll be very honest, I've had no conversation with anyone involved with our football program since the end of that game on Friday, and I won't pretend that I have. But from the outside looking in, here's what I wonder about. Are these situations different? Is Pooh Paul testing the free agent water, so to speak? Is Jordan Crooks simply looking for a place where he feels like he can play more and maybe increase his NIL valuation? Um, I think it's naive to believe that these players don't think about their value every day. I think that's naive. Uh, They do. Now, some of them have a whole lot more value than others. Uh, Some of them, I'm certain, have been advised that their value might be greater somewhere else. Um, there are just lots of factors that come into play, and I think every player is going to have a different reason. Some of them are leaving and will leave because the program's not winning. Some of them are leaving because uh, they want to you know, get closer to home, so to speak. I still think that's going to happen, and, and it may be happening here, but I also think there are going to be players out there that are anxious to find out how much they're really worth. Yeah, you have you see it with recruits when when you know the offensive coordinator lost his job and you're not doing very well on the field. Uh, I, b- I believe the number one recruit in the state uh, de- decommitted 
Uh, I, I wonder too, uh, uh, Chuck, how, how many more changes are going to be made uh, offensive, defensive side of this staff and how that affects these players. You know, if you, if you, if you do lose, and I'm not saying you're going to lose the tight end coach, but if you lose, I'm just using it as, as an example. If you do lose the tight end coach, do you have a chance to, to lose, you know, number nine, the, the kid that broke his collarbone that, you know, are we worried about something like that? I guess you can't really worry about it, but that, that could be, you know, something that happens. Guys, this team was four and eight and one and seven. Mm-hmm. Let's not fret about what might leave. Um, because let's just be candid. What might leave is why you're four and eight and one and seven. The exception there. When I look at this football team, I, I, I'm just going to be very honest with you. I do worry about Luke has. I mean, I worry about number nine. But this is a cold, hard business right now and i hate it i i I just hate saying things like this it just makes me it makes me feel bad saying it but when you're four and eight and one and seven you're going to make wholesale changes and to think that it's going to happen in one spot not in another you know it's going to happen all over that squad and what you hope is is that when the dust settles and you field a team next fall you've got a better team than the one you have now and you know, if you do, you're, you'll you'll have a better record. If you don't, you won't. How how worried are you? Are are how? Because because I think about this that that Arkansas we we are kind of we are at the bottom uh, of the SEC. That this trend continues and we become a feeder team for some of these top teams where we get the talent in. You don't really get to see them develop, and it talks about to your your cold hard hard business. But you get the talent in, and and, and as soon as they show anything. They, they just bolt and, and go to a team that's going to be in that playoff 12. Well, I think that's where you've, 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 you've got to be competitive in terms of your NIL. I'm, I'm not saying you've got to have more than everybody else, but you've got to be competitive. I think we've already seen. We've seen it in football and basketball, and Phil, you may have seen it to a degree in baseball. Uh, guys go from mid-majors to the bigger schools. Uh, because it's a bigger stage, number one. There's more NIL money. It's just a better deal, period, all the way around. I don't know how much we're going to see the, the, the bottom feeders, so to speak, in Power 5 become you know, developers for some of the top programs. I don't know that we're going to see that as much because I think that you still have a chance to keep kids. Um, but now, you know... We live in a grass-is-always-greener society. And, you know, I think about how I was when I was 19 or 20 years old. Um, you know, the grass does seem greener when you're that age. You're not old enough and mature enough to understand that it might not be such a bad deal right where you are. I think you compound that with, with you know, situations where um, people have not been in this environment before. Um, in other words, you got parents and advisors flying blind, and they are without question in many, many cases. They are affected by the dollars that are at play. Uh, how could you not be? Uh, and so I think all of those things come into play. I do think the idea that you know when you look at some of the really good programs out there, the top five, top ten programs out there right now that are – you know, thinking about or you know in a position to you know play for a championship or getting a New Year's Six bowl. You know, those are the teams right now that 
you know they've got good i good nil they got good players they're they're the you know guys that are backing somebody up that think they might play somewhere else those guys are apt to leave but if you've got a good player to top 10 program and he's getting paid good and they're winning and life's great he's not going anywhere so um i i just wonder you know at the end of the day when we look back at this four or five year transition period in the portal and nil what kind of patterns we're going to see because i kind of think this year um we are moving into the era of a lot of kids are just going to find out what they're worth you know let's just test that open market and see what we're really worth because we don't know you know we don't know what other guys are making let's find out what they're willing to pay us and, and I understand that line of thinking. Hey, that, I mean, really, that sounds like real professional free agency. When you know... Well, that's what it is. You know what other people are making. There's more transparency and not the op- opacity of, of, of what the portal is and what NIL really is right now. So we got to have some kind of... I don't know. You got to have somebody that's watching, uh, watching the hens in the yard, so to speak. The NCAA is not doing it and... I don't know if Congress will be acting on anything either. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Right now, Eastside Liquor has a truckload of eggnog, winter seasonal beers, stouts and liquors, rum chata, moonshake creams, and more. Don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters. Come by the drive-thru or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. We didn't plan it this way. It's a little ironic uh, that the email came from the athletic department, well, I guess uh, right about the start of the show. I just hadn't opened my email. Chuck, uh, there is now an official NIL collective for Arkansas Athletics. Uh, it is called Arkansas Edge. It is being put together by the, this is right from the email, the industry leader in full service name, image, and likeness collectives, a group called Blueprint Sports. This must have been what Sam Pittman didn't want to bring up when he said, well, we're getting NIL changed and getting it better here because they asked him about it. He said he didn't want to bring it up yet. Well, this apparently is the answer, I guess, about, about boosting NIL now at Arkansas. Yeah, and I don't know all the ins and outs of this. I'm, I'm kind of reading this as you are, and um, I know that um, obviously they have partnered with a company who is, uh, at the very least, going to help them market this NIL. I'm, I'm going to have to read a little more about it and uh, learn a little bit more about it before I think we you know, have a real good idea about what this can mean in, in, in the immediate offing. Um, my understanding is this company has contracts um, with more than one school, and I don't know exactly how money changes hands. I, I just don't know enough about it yet to know how it works. But I know that um, uh, obviously they have entered into a partnership today, and NIL is on their mind, and raising money is on their mind because I think there's there's the there's the realization now that um, 
whether we like it or not. And just for the record, I really don't. But, you know, you, you've, you've, you've got to play this game to have a chance. And uh, it is pay for play. And that's how the, it's how the world works in this. It's how this world works anyway in college football now. So um, I'm going to have to learn a little more about it before I think I can comment intelligently on it. Well, I just seen. I think quarterbacks are top of the market, and, and and Chuck, I just wanted to get your. What do you think the evaluation is of KJ? I was seeing the the Washington State quarterback, uh, and and I don't know if y'all saw this, but it's it's saying that he's already got up to ten schools that are interested and in, and in that have a, a million dollar offer to transfer. I'm sure KJ, he's a he's a, a an established college quarterback. I'm sure that that he's going to be a hot ticket item. Well, it depends on the situation. It depends on the situation. And um, you may have one instance. I don't know, for example, the, the quarterback that you're talking about. I don't, I don't know how old he is. Um, I don't know how much time he's got left. I don't know. Um, I think each, each, each situation uh, will be different. Is, is there a chance for K.J. to, you know, or, or any established college quarterback to have um, uh, you know, a nice value, if you want to use that term. Yeah. I mean, look, AJ's had a pretty good deal, I think, at Arkansas. So, um, you know, if, if, if you're going to get a better deal somewhere else, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know where teams and schools are in terms of their money, mm-hmm. but I don't know. And I'm just going to be blunt here. I don't know how much value a quarterback who you know coached a team that went four and eight one and seven i'm not saying it's his fault i don't believe it was but i don't know how much value that guy has i mean maybe yeah you know maybe what you've done maybe your record your your stats maybe maybe that's not what it's based on i don't know but Yes, I'm sure he's got a high value somewhere. I'm sure somebody would pay him. I don't, Arkansas has been paying him, but um, what you know, what exactly that figure is for a guy that's about to turn 23, I don't know. I just don't know enough about it yet to know. But yeah, I, I would imagine it's worth something. Let's take a call from Mike and El Dorado on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Mike, thanks for the call. You got Chuck Barrett. What's going on today? Hey guys, appreciate your show. I listen very often. Uh, my my thought or question is, and I'll let y'all uh, give your input. You know, the decision's been made to keep Sam. We're keeping him, okay? So, assuming, here I go assuming, that we do not turn the program around, is there any way to know what that is going to cost? the university and all the side vendors and everything that that we benefits from a good program. Does, does that make sense? Yes, it does, and I don't know the answer to that question, but if it's not turned around, if you don't win more games than you did this year, for sure, it's going to be hard to sell tickets, raise money, do uh, – you know, do anything else. I think I think that's 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 certainly fair to say. Um, I understand that for a good number of our fans right now, that's what they think's going to happen. I understand all that. Um, but you know, regardless of how you feel about 
you know, the coach or the status of the program or the AD or whatever. I mean, this is the course that they've charted. And you either give up or, you know, you keep going. And I realize that there are people out there that are ready to throw in the towel. I understand that. This is not the first time we've been in the situation where people have been ready to throw in the towel. And the program's gone on and life's gone on. And um, it will this time, too. I understand that if things don't get better, I understand what's going to happen. I mean, I've been around here a long, long time. I've seen them fired. I've seen them come and go. I've seen us fire. I've seen us hire. The one thing that I will say, though, that lots of times when you're changing coaches, not just here but anywhere, all you're really trying to do is come up with a new way to sell hope. That's really all you're doing, the hope of a better day with a new coach. Well, we'll raise some more money off hope. And then three or four years from now, whatever money you raise, you've got to give back because you're firing the guy. And that's just kind of the pattern that we've been in. And, and look, I, I don't know if this is the right move or not. I, the record's going to determine that when we get to next season. I, I, I think that's a fair assessment. We're going to find out next year if this was a good move or not. But um, I know that what we've really done over the last 10, 12 years is we've repackaged hope every three or four years in the form of a new coach. Um, we've gotten people to believe for a year or two that things are going to get better, and maybe they do in the short term. Then it settles back into the way it's been. We fire him. We pay a bunch of money. Whatever we made, we pay back. And uh, that's the pattern that we're in. And, and look, I, I, I'm not saying that, again, that, that what's going on right now is you know, something you ought to keep doing. It's not. I mean, 4-8, and 1-7 is not acceptable. Um, and, and I don't think anybody claims that it is. But somehow, some way, we got to get out of this cycle. And I don't know what the answer is. Uh, but your question about if it doesn't get turned around, how much is it going to cost them? A lot. I don't know that you can put a figure on it right now, but it's going to be a lot. Mike, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for dialing us up. You can do the same on that McClarty Daniel hotline, 877-377-6963. It's going to something a little bit more exciting. Uh, and a little hey, we got more a ball media. game tomorrow night. We got a ball game. You got. Yeah. I hear Duke is coming into town. I've when, heard that. When did yeah. they schedule this game? You know, it's interesting, Phil. If Arkansas had won that football game Friday, won another game maybe in the Bahamas, that game tomorrow night would be all we're talking about. Instead, with the Duke Blue Devils coming into town to play basketball, a game we couldn't stop talking about a month ago. Now everybody's worried about the transfer portal in football. I mean, it's just, it's just how it goes. I mean, it's just that's, that's how sports life works. Things divert your attention. Yeah, it writes itself, that, that, that's for sure. I, I, I know you have to be excited, Chuck, to, to, to get back with the, with, the, with the basketball team. How, what have you seen from this basketball team so far that you really like? I didn't see the games in the Bahamas, uh, at least not live. So, you know, the part that I saw was pretty good, except for that Greensboro game. They've got the ability to score. There's a lot of talent out there. Um, I, I, I um, yeah, I'm kind of like everybody else. I, I mean, I, I've watched in, in my case the replays of, you know, what uh, what happened in the Bahamas, and um, there's some guys to me that I look at, and I just don't, I just don't think they're quite in tune yet with what Musk wants defensively. They don't really know the Musk way yet, and they will. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, they've they've their their transition defense has got to get better. 
um, they're going to be tested in a big way physically inside tomorrow night. And uh, they're going to have to respond to that or, or, or it's not going to be good. And um, so I'm anxious to see how they do. I thought they did a great job against Zach Eady when they played Purdue. Filipowski's, in, in, in my mind, a better player. I know Edie's the player of the year and all that, but that's because he looks like – I mean, he's Andre the Giant out there. Uh, Filipowski's a much more athletic player, I think. Um, I think Arkansas is going to be challenged in a big, big way tomorrow night. It uh, doesn't sound like Mark's going to be available. Um, so you um, you better be ready to play with the same defensive intensity you did against Purdue. You better get your butt back on defense. To me, that's what's been killing them. I'd also expect after a, a zero against uh, North Carolina, I think Trevin Brazil uh, should and, and will show up in a big way against Duke. Without that, I don't, I don't think you got much of a chance. Chuck, we got just a couple minutes left. We got Brent in Stuttgart on hold, so let's take the call here. Brent, appreciate you calling up that McClarty Daniel hotline. What's up? Oh, not much. Just another day of frustration. Big as man. Raised back All right, let's hear it. Uh, all right, Chuck, let's hear it. Tell me, explain to me, uh, we, did we hire this new, NIL per, this new NIL program or what? I don't understand it. It looks to me like it's a business partnership, I think. It's a business partnership. From what I can gather, it's a business partnership. And it sounds like the company that they have gone into business with, for lack of a better way to put it, um, they have a specialty in raising NIL money. And perhaps um, they do a better job of it than others. I guess that's what you hope. I don't know what the what the agreement is. I, I hadn't figured out how they make their money. Let, let me just be blunt. I hadn't figured out how they make their money yet. But um, I'm going to read a little more about it. And I, I think as we all read a little bit more about it, I, uh, I'll learn more and so will everybody else. Um, but can I, can I ask y'all one question to please stop playing yes, sir, and tur- uh, turn that damn jukebox on. I'm out of quarters. <laughs> well, Brent, I don't know if you heard the open to the show, but um, they're not in, that's, not in the, that's not in the show open any longer. So, yeah, we, we, we answered your request before you requested it and appreciate that phone call. Chuck, always appreciate these visits. Looking forward to tomorrow night. We'll be listening. All right, boys. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Barrett, voice of the Razorbacks with us every Tuesday morning right here on Halftime. Jumping right back in, Phil. Just get getting the Duke Blue Devils and Bud Walton with this environment. I mean, how cool is that? Hey, it's a great way to bounce back after, you know, what happened on Friday. No doubt. That was not a lot of fun to call. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. All right, time to talk with Dudley Dawson on our McClarty Daniel hotline. Appreciate him uh, filling in today. Uh, Alyssa, Ar- this is usually where we have Alyssa on. She's got an Olympics meeting. Yeah, <clears throat> only certain people get to go to Paris for the Olympics. <laughs> I guess that's not you, Dudley. So you got to talk with us. How you doing today? Oh, pretty good. I'll get to. The, I went to the '84 Olympics, uh, uh, but they didn't have them, you know. <laughs> was, it, was that the one in L.A. where That's Los yeah, Angeles, yeah. where uh, Joe Claude won a gold medal? There was three. Uh, was that Marvin Delft? Who, who was the my, Mike Conley? Was he? Was he on Alvin Robinson? Alvin Robinson. Mike Conley is one of the most underrated athletes ever in the history of the world. Much, much less Arkansas Razorbacks. Were you in Absolutely. the my, building? My kids, my kids went to them with Butterfield Elementary. They had Wallace Spearman, Blake Parker. Ronnie Brewer. Oh my goodness! Uh, quite a quite a class there. Yeah. So, guys, take guys on five on three in that case, huh? Yeah. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of Duke team is coming in here on uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow night, uh, Dudley? They didn't have like the best year last season. Uh, looks like they have. Uh, looks like they have a pretty talented, tall, and another team. Another thing that stands out, like it's not a group of just freshmen, but they're they're kind of young. They're top. I'm looking at. Out of their top eight scores, seven of them are in their first or second year. Yeah, they had a couple of guys stick around that they thought might go to the NBA draft, and so that's helped them. Uh, I got a, I've got a chance to watch them a couple of times. Uh, I, you know, I think it's a typical Duke team, and the fact that uh, they're going to be pretty good defensively. They're they're going to have five people on the floor who can score. Uh, you know, it's obviously the biggest difference is you know the new coach they've had for a couple of years now. Uh, went out and lost that first game, but they have certainly, uh, you know, played really well since that point, other than the first half, I guess, just against Southern Utah the other night. Uh, and then came back and played well there. It's going to be a massive chore for Arkansas if this game were anywhere, but, uh, Bud Walton Arena probably wouldn't give Arkansas much chance. Uh, but because it is in there and because it should be quite the festive atmosphere, even with, uh, Arkansas struggles in the Bahamas, uh, you know, it should be a very, very entertaining late basketball game. Watching them down in the Bahamas, Dudley, uh, I, I wonder, do you think that Arkansas passes the eye test as a top 25 team? I mean, I mean, I saw that kid from Memphis, uh, uh, n- number eight, Jones. Jones. Oh, my, he's, he's the best kid I've seen, seen so far this year. Uh, and I know there's a lot of good ones out there, uh, but he was a big, strong, physical kid. And I think we're lacking a little physicality. What, what, what are your thoughts on the? I, I mean, do you think this team is is going to end up being a top twenty-five team? The, the, the as of right now, no. But uh, because of what I've just previously watched, you know, these last few games. But I do think that Coach uh, Musman has a has a knack for getting these guys to play together. Obviously, they're missing a couple of guys and have a couple of others that. Uh, you know, are not playing as healthy as they could. Uh, the fact that Tremont Mack had such a good game and then ends it with that ball, and, you know, we'll see what his availability is as, as we go along uh, in these next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's it's, a, it's the same thing we see every year. If I, if I hadn't seen them bounce back and be able to do what they do, do in March or have done in March, I'd, 
I'd be a little more worried, but I think they've got a really good coach, and I think he'll probably get it figured out. But the physicality is is uh, an issue. And ironically, uh, a couple of years ago when Arkansas went up against Duke, that was one of the things that uh, he, Coach Musselman, came in during the offseason and said, i got to get more physical, i got to get bigger under basket. And you look, and because you have a couple of guys out, uh, you know, you, you're basically, Makai Mitchell is, is who you're battling there with right now. Yeah, you almost you you wonder if uh, you had the other twin as well, uh, Dudley. The the one of the bright spots that I've seen is number six blocker. He reminds me of a, a guard. You'll probably remember him from Wake Forest uh, that, that played for the Mavericks for a little bit. Josh Howard. Uh, oh, absolutely. But I love Blocker's instincts. What is his ceiling? How much? What What do you think as a fr- he's got fantastic energy? Oh, oh right. Love how he's all yeah. over. Yeah, and and I think he he made a couple of steps forward. Uh, certainly there in the Bahamas. I think he's going to continue to come on. I, I do think, uh, for some reason, Ellis you know, it didn't get to play a lot uh, in the Bahamas. I really think that the blocker can be a true point guard as he continues to develop. Uh, you know, as as Matt, you know, with most coaches, the uh, uh, they'll play you if you're if you're fantastic as a freshman, but uh, a lot of them just kind of ease you in and play the older guys first, especially if they brought them here to the transfer portal. Uh, but I see a great future for him. You know, I've seen him play since he was, I think, in the eighth grade. Okay. Uh, he was at Little Rock Christian at, you know, at one point down there and before he went to Sunrise Christian. Uh, it's just, a, as you said, phenomenal instincts, got great speed. Uh, the shot's going to come. And, and it's just the, I think, uh, he mentioned it the other day. He went to the basket, got bumped a little bit, and it, it you know, threw off his shot. He'll play through that as he gets stronger. Are, are, are we at a point where, look, I mean, it's like you brought up earlier. Um, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle to defend the post and, and probably rebound against Duke just because of the personnel that are available to them. You know, last year, one of the big problems was three-point shooting. Well, your two best three-point shooters were either hurt all year long in the case of Trevin Brazil and Nick Smith Jr., you know, his, his knee situation, and he never really was able to, you know, get, get on fire. Are we, are, we, are we there with this team now as far as physicality? Because Jay, look, you get, I think they really planned on Jalen Graham right. being what he talked about he worked on during the offseason. But it doesn't matter if you're not available. And with a, with a bad back, I mean, that just that comes and it goes. And when it goes... It, it takes a while before you can get back on a court again. Yeah, you know, they really made a run at Hunter Dickerson. Uh, you put him on this team here, it would have been, a, you know, the young man that's at Kansas. Now, you put him on this team, and you're, you're really looking at something special. Uh, but that may be the weak spot right there, especially defensively, as you were saying. Uh, Graham, like you said, I think he has the potential. He certainly showed some flashes last year, but uh, availability is, is, a, is a big thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's why some guys in the NFL, some guys in the NBA don't get paid as much as they, they should have. And for Major League Baseball as well, uh, you've got to show up to be able to show out. Yeah, so in the absence of Jalen Graham, in the absence of, of, of physicality, look, they're not going to get any bigger. They're just not going to get any bigger right now. And Makai Mitchell, I think, is who he is. And I'm not sure if... You know, you, you can depend on 25 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes a game from him. Trevin Brazil isn't going to put on 25 pounds right now. 
You know, yeah, so but how he's do you work go down, He's got to go down there. He's got to be more fit. You're right. He's yeah. got to be. He yeah, gets pushed go off. And place go ahead, Dudley. No, I'm saying he's got to go down there and place him. I, I realize that the the pro development thing is for him to be a three and, and all that. But for this team, I think he has to go down in the post, both offensively and defensively, and be a little bit more physical. Absolutely. He he has to be a little more physical. He needs to be that 15 foot and in just around the rim. He's well, just and such he also a... Ha- he also has to know that physical isn't just like, all right, I'm going to push this guy or I'm just going to fake kick somebody. I mean, it's a mindset thing and I, nobody's buying it yet. You know, I mean, you're not a tough guy if you just get a couple of technicals. That's not tough. That's kind of just, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to say what I think. Man, it's not smart, man, but you got to change the mentality. Yeah, and man, does that have to stop? You know, in both the in the games we watched basketball last week, in the games we in one game we watched football, you can't be a fake tough guy. You you can be, you know, I was five nine, one sixty or whatever it was, but I knocked your block off. There was nothing fake to it. There's only so much I could do at five nine, you know, one sixty. The the mentality has to be, you have to have the reason Arkansas won the national championship basketball was because of the physical physicalness and mentality that they had you know if somebody went down the lane and got a, a wide open layup the next time roosevelt wallace knocked him out or, or you know whoever was on that team you know that's got to be there's a difference in that and just playing uh undisciplined and i think we saw a little bit of that in both in on both sports last week man it's funny because dudley's got i think he took that um mentality into his journalism too into his writing and when he goes on the radio i had him on for the Razorback pregame show for I think that was the FIU game Dudley right and uh, yes I'm not saying this in any criticism at all but I mean he he came out with dumpster fire embarrassment uh, <laughs> and it, I mean truly I mean he came aggressively I mean he's an aggressive journalist just like he was an aggressive basketball player calls it how he sees yeah. it that's right well yeah and that's that's I, I'm getting too old to mess around uh, you know I'm not gonna dance around anything I'm coming right at you getting to that point where I'm not too long uh, from here, I'll be able to say stuff, and they'll say, "Did he really say that?" And like, yep, but he's getting older, so. Dudley, I'm a I'm a Bay Fall fan. I hope he can come along and and, and be able to play a little bit uh, and see his minutes grow and, and mature. But let let me ask you uh, about number twenty four Davenport and number eight Lawson. If I was to say, "Hey, man, which one of those two players, uh, Lawson or Davenport, can step up and be a guy that you can count on?" Which one of those guys are you taking? Davenport, and, and here's the reason, because Davenport is is a good outside shooter. He is a scorer. He is somebody who I think, if he was fully healthy and and he gets a couple to go down, that I think that, that you know he could be a big thing. I think Lawson is a complimentary player. Certainly he can help on the inside. I, I realize we didn't mention him. He's, he's you know had a lot of block shots and all that. But I think for this team to be able to get to where it wants to go, that Davenport has to become the player that they brought him in here to be. Dudley, I want to uh, just switch over to football here for a moment. Are you hearing anything about offensive coordinator? We get so many questions about this uh, this uh, coordinator from uh, UNLV, Brennan Marion. I just I'd be surprised just because it seems like he's the most sought after offensive coordinator. And Oklahoma is looking for a coordinator. Notre Dame and is. Diego State There's others the out coach. there. Yeah, he's looking. Yeah. He might be a head coach. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So Buster Faulkner, you know, has been a name that's been mentioned at Georgia Tech. I don't hear any. You know, I heard that over the weekend. I haven't heard much about that this week. You would think if that was the case, if it was going to be one of these two guys, it already would have happened. 
because there's no reason to wait, and you are getting toward the end of this weekend. You certainly better have an offensive coordinator. First of all, you have to get the right offensive coordinator, but you better have him in place in the next couple of days because uh, people are already heading out. Yes, it's mostly been on defense so far, but people are already heading out, and you got to know. Uh, you've got to be able to tell uh, guys like Courtney Crutchfield, the recruit down at, at Pine Bluff, who's a wide receiver, who is going to run the offense next year. I mean, Otis and Richard Davenport and all of us get a lot of questions from these kids about what are they going to do. Well, we don't know as of yet. Um, you got to have the coordinator in place before you start <clears throat> bringing in players, right? I mean, they got they want to know who's going to run their offense. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, it is a big decision. Let's, let's just be honest about this. You make the wrong decision, it's over. It's a chance for a, a young. I, I see. I don't know if you go to a young, a young guy that's proven himself, or if you go get a veteran guy, kind of like what A and M did last year, uh, and and it didn't work, and so everybody's gone. So, so I wonder how you know how much pressure or, or and you know they 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 got that alpha in them. They 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 want the they want the challenge, but I wonder what direction uh, that the Razorbacks go in. Well, the names that have been mentioned, uh, Marion is thirty six. I think Faulkner's forty two. So clearly you're looking in, in that range, mm-hmm. I, I would think. You have to have somebody. You know, I don't know that he has to excite the fan base, but he better excite the players. He better excite the recruits. The fan base is already pissed off uh, at how things are going. Uh, you know, there was certainly a vocal segment. I don't know if it's a majority or a minority who were upset that Coach Pittman's, uh, you know, getting another year to turn it around. Uh, but, you know, you you – you have this NIL thing that they, they, you know, announced today and, and hey, give a hundred dollars, you know, give uh, $500. This was a, 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 you know, they needed to do it because they're, they've been behind in NIL, but right. man, you bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast.
We got Bill King with us today. Nice to talk to you, Bill. As always, how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good, man. We talked earlier on the show about one of the terms you use on your show, which is uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Uh, you're the only person I know of that uses the term uh, non-playing portion of the season. And now during this time of the year, it's not quite like Black Monday where all the NFL coaches get canned, but some unhiring going on in uh, in college Plum, football. Plum Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Including a couple of defensive assistants over at Florida. Yeah, they got rid of their DB coach who they were crou- proud of when they stole him from LSU. Corey Raymond, and then Sean Spencer, who actually spent some time here in Nashville with James Franklin and then moved on to Penn State with James for a few years. Those two got fired, and like we've talked about, guys, you always have to go get some assistance when you're in trouble first. And then you can't call out the assistance, even if the next year they're ineffective. Then it goes to your desk. So Billy Napier officially has made the move, or a move, and... He's got to win next year. Now, I don't know what that number is, but they have to look like they're heading in the right direction. And the chances of that working out probably aren't good. Couple that with as difficult as their schedule was, which was arguably the most difficult, next year's is worse. So he's got a big mess on his hands, and they're going to have to be ultra-aggressive, as many will, coming up in the transfer portal. Well, Arkansas has got to be aggressive, too. And, and yep. right now, Sam Pittman is in search of an offensive coordinator. I would just be so surprised if that's the only change made on staff coming off of a 4-8, and 1-7 and seven season, especially on the offensive side. But I just wonder if, you know, I mean, it depends on the hire. You bring somebody in, and then do you let that new coordinator make the decisions as to who his staff will be on the offensive side uh, you know, I mean, maybe it'd be a little tough to make changes and then bring in a new coordinator. Well, and it better fit Sam Pittman's M.O. Sam's not going to bring in a guy who wants to chuck it all over the place, right, and, and not be balanced and just – because that's – if you're struggling on defense, that's not going to help it any. It's got to be somebody who philosophically falls in line with him, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Bill, um, what do you see Arkansas doing with this? Because we're going to try to get this. We're going to get a new OC. But when you're talking about KJ and you're talking about the collective allocating funds and, and how much of the, you know, I, for lack of a better term, how much cap space the quarterback's going to take up, what, what do you think? I mean, what, what do you see Arkansas doing at the quarterback position? I think you have to go out and you have to be aggressive. I think you have to go out and be aggressive in the transfer portal. And there are some good quarterbacks that are already in, or, or obviously it's official on Monday, but already in or going to be in, and there's going to be some outstanding opportunities. I don't think Cam Ward has done anything at Washington State, but you saw that yes article that he's already getting million-dollar offers, and uh, he may jump in the portal. He'd be a ready, fixed guy. There's, a, there's quite a few quarterbacks ready to plug in. And, and that's kind of what I, I mean is, is does Arkansas, do they like who they have in the back, backups and, and then you're able to, to, to allocate that funds towards your offensive line? And I don't know what the going rate, if they're getting 100K or if they're getting 500K 
for the lineman, but we see what the going rate is for the quarterback. And, and so if you if you like a guy, uh, then you can go out and, and maybe use some of those funds to shore up that offensive line. I think here's here's the plan. You have to go attempt to get a guy who absolutely doesn't matter who you have. Mm-hmm. We'll take the job. Mm-hmm. And if your guys are better and beat him out, then so be it. We over we overpaid, but we found the right guy. I think you have to go get a guy that you project is his. He's going to come in here and bully the quarterback room. I don't mean literally. I just mean his overwhelming ability is going to prove everybody I'm the guy. I think you have to go do that. You have to. There was an announcement earlier today, Bill, <clears throat> from the Arkansas Athletic Department about a um, uh, a new official NIL collective called Arkansas Edge. There, you know, there. It's basically. I think it seems to me it's like it's crowdsourcing of a sort. You know, five thousand donors of fifty dollars a month, five thousand, a hundred dollars a month. Um, basically, coming up with if they hit their numbers, they'll get to about ten to eleven million dollars on an annual basis to go to student-athletes, and they said it's for all the student-athletes on campus. You know a, a good chunk of it's going to go to football. $11 million? I saw that's the exact same amount of money that Mike Elko has to work for a salary pool for his assistant coaching staff. So isn't this something? We've got a new NIL collective at Arkansas that's looking to raise pretty much the same amount of money as a head coach at A&M, one of the richest schools in the country for athletics, is going to pay their assistants. And let me add to that. That's today. What's it going to be tomorrow, meaning next year? Yeah. It's not going down. It's never going down. There's no police force. It can't go down. Yeah. What do you think of Elko getting hired over there? And this, the whole situation with was Stoops hired or did the fans revolt and the board said no? I mean, that was, that was a crazy deal on Sunday. Cliff notes. Stoops was going to take that job. He was offered the job. Time to get it approved. They succumbed just like Tennessee did over the Greg Schiano rumors to social media, and they would not approve it. Elko's a very good hire, solid hire. He's from the defensive side of the ball. That won't be a problem. They've got a really good quarterback coming back. Or, and we don't know what Riley Leonard's going to do. I haven't checked the last five hours or so, but I don't know what he wants to do with his future, stay where he's at, or move somewhere that needs a plug-in quarterback. Either way, you're in good position with Connor Wegman there or a new guy, and uh, and there's talent. Now, you've got to go re-recruit it, but they've got the funds, as we all know, to re-recruit quite well. A lot of good games last weekend, Bill, and then you got championships Saturday. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's starting off with Friday, the game that, that I've been excited about uh, that was an absolute thriller. Uh, that Oregon Washington game is that is this a true win in your end game? Yes, yes. And what shocked me, maybe not that Oregon was a favorite, but that first line, and I think it's still sitting there. It's nine and a half. Oregon is a big favorite, pretty solid favorite in this ball game in the rematch. I think they're trending better. They're playing better. And uh, yes, I think Dan Lanning in year two, he wins this game. He's in the playoffs. Is uh, is Alabama's luck out after the luck that they got? <laughs> Again, I mean, I shouldn't just throw it on luck, um, right? Because they, I mean, Alabama, I guess, deserved that win because they ended up winning the game. But man, I just I couldn't see how they were going to pull it off once that snap went back to the thirty yard line or so. But oh. is their luck out? Are they out of luck by now? 
remember in the Georgia National Championship game, Tua took a huge sack. Yeah. And it was it was second and 26, not quite fourth and 31. Isn't that how dramatic? I mean, things can change in one play. Yeah. Now, now Alabama's come a long way this year, guys. We've all witnessed this. Are they good enough to beat Georgia? I don't think on Georgia's good day. If Georgia's not uh, in the holiday spirit, another term I use on the show is benevolence, meaning turnovers. If Georgia's not kind to Alabama, I think it's a close game, but Georgia wins. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, uh, I've been impressed with watching Jalen Milrow. I, I really have. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. think he looks like a much different quarterback than, than when Texas uh, took Alabama down. But if all things being equal, if Alabama beats Georgia, if Texas, I think they will, they should roll against Oklahoma State. If Oregon knocks Washington out of the ranks of the undefeated, and if there's only one undefeated team, and it's Florida State, and they get in, and, and Michigan, and then Michigan, so now you get two of them in. So who's who would be three and four at that point? I really have trouble leaving Texas out with a win over Alabama. And I view like we've already said, we view the Pac-12 championship game as like an extra playoff game, win and you're in, right? So who's number four in that case? All right, now let me get this to straight. In your scenario, Alabama beats Georgia. So Alabama's in. That's not debatable. Oregon or Washington, one of those two is in. There's two teams. Michigan is 24-point favorite. Iowa can't score enough to win that ball game. Michigan's in. Now we've got to find the fourth team. The fourth team, if, if this is about the four best teams, it's Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that they're going to do that. Georgia, guys, Georgia would be favored over every one of those teams after a loss to Alabama. And to me, if it's about preserving the top four, then they would be in. Don't know the committee would do that. And, and here's the other thing. Do you preserve Florida State being undefeated considering they're not as good as they need to be because Jordan Travis is gone? Well, they did it with Ohio State. Now, again, that was the first year of the playoffs, but they were down to quarterback number three, and they didn't worry about losing quarterbacks. So they allowed them in. I I don't know. I don't know. But if it's about – there's no way if you are on a board and your job is to pick the best team, you take any of those teams over Georgia. That's that'd be one loss. that'd be very interesting. That's the first year you had to call a play playoff of the four, and this would be the yep. last year you have the playoff of the four. Correct. And and I, yep. Bill, I don't think I, I'm with you. I, I agree that Georgia would be better than than Florida State in a matchup, but I don't see any way that if they leave an undefeated Florida State team out. I think you're right. No, I think you're right. And you know what? That's fine. It gives me something to scream about on the show. That's, That's what we need. That's right. <laughs> It's good for radio, man. Very good for radio, yep. as is the uh, the unhiring season in, in college Did, uh, sports. Can, real quick, what about Mississippi State? Do you think they got it right? Jeff Levy is a young, offensive whiz kid. But, guys, like we've discussed, that job is, a, a other than Vanderbilt, arguably the toughest gig in the league. Now, he'll have a good offense. He'll have a quarterback. They'll, they'll score some points. You can get some dudes on defense. Recruit the Juco's there, some too. That's a tough gig. The, the chances of Jeff Levy succeeding there, being there, let's say, in year five, and they're happy, is probably about 20%. Mm. What is success? So let me ask you this. What is success at Mississippi State? What is success 
at Arkansas. I think that's a conversation that a lot of folks are having around this state and, and potentially in, in fans' uh, mindset, because this is what we hear from fans. Their idea of success to them is different than the administration's idea of success. And I wonder what you think. Right. Well, Mississippi State would have to be a winning record. Doesn't have to be every year, but most of the time in a bowl game. You, you, you're in a league that is just vicious. You've got no historical chance other than that. Arkansas has got way more history. They need to update it, right? And I would say not just a bowl game, but I would say a pretty good record, eight wins, maybe nine on some occasions, and uh, beat some of the teams that you ought to be beating. You know, the head-to-head 50-50 stuff, win your fair share of those. I think that's where Arkansas is. Now, I grew up where that would be a disaster at Arkansas, but, guys, that's not our recent history anymore in Fayetteville. It's just not. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.